Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Mark. And good morning, friends and faithful listeners. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of P40 Ministries podcast with your host, Jen. So today we are going to be discussing Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12 today. And uh, there's going to be a really interesting thing that we talk about with this particular portion of scripture. Something that I think a lot of, of people probably don't have a good grasp of or a good understanding of, specifically when it comes to this particular portion of scripture. So let's go ahead and discuss this. I will be reading a WEB version this morning, but make sure to grab that cup of coffee or that cup of tea to keep yourself aware wake and uh, let's go ahead and jump right in. When he entered again into Capernaum after some days, it was heard that he was home. Immediately, many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even around the door, and he spoke the word to them. Four people came carrying a paralytic to him. When they could not come near to him for the crowd, they removed the roof where he was. When they had broken it up, they let down the mat that the paralytic was lying on. Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. But there were some scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak blasphemies like that? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, said to them, Why do you reason these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to tell the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Arise, take up your bed, and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I tell you, arise, take up your mat, and go to your house. He arose and immediately took up the mat and went out from all of them, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. So remember at the beginning of this episode, I said um, that some people... Even Christians don't have a good grasp of something that Mark talks about in this particular portion of scripture. Because Jesus says to this paralytic man, son, your sins are forgiven to you. So my question was, why, if Jesus could forgive sins, why did he have to go to the cross in the first place? And I'd like to talk about that before we really discuss what's going on in this uh, portion of scripture. There are many times throughout scripture that we see God being upset over our sins, right? We see him constantly saying in the prophets, you know, that these people are wicked. They have hurt me. They have hurt themselves. They're constantly sinning. And he even tells one of the prophets to go and marry an adulterous woman, like specifically to go find a prostitute and to marry her, one that is specifically very adulterous. And that is what this prophet does. He goes and he marries this woman. And of course, she cheats on him multiple times. And God was basically saying to this prophet, like, this is how I feel when my people are constantly turning away from me and worshiping other idols. I feel like these people are being adulterous. So he he makes himself almost like he is the husband in that particular situation, married to an adulterous woman. And that is how God feels 
when we sin and we turn away from him and we worship other idols and, and do all sorts of different things. So there are consequences to sin, right? And I mean, even think about it this way, you know, we hurt God, right? And there are consequences to us hurting God. And if we think about it in the sense of the adulterous affair, let's just say that you have a husband that cheats on you, right? Actually, let's not even say that he cheats on you. Let's say that he's a liar, okay? And you have a husband that lies to you or, or you have a wife that lies to you all the time. How would your relationship with that person be? It probably would not be very good. You stay with this person, but your marriage over time would start to deteriorate as you find out that this guy or this girl that you married is just constantly lying to you. So there are consequences to the actions you take. And the consequences to sin is not only that it hurts God, but it also strains our relationship with him. And we know that all throughout scripture, God says that the wages of sin is death, right? So the the consequences of sin equals death. God said that at the very beginning in the garden when he told Adam and Eve, make sure you don't eat that fruit of the knowledge of good and evil because that will result in death. That is what he tells them. He warns them that from the very beginning of time. The people disobey. Obviously, Adam and Eve disobey. They eat of that fruit and their consequences of that is being cursed and also death. That is the consequences of their sin. And yes, they did hurt God as well. So the consequences of our sin nature is death. God is just. He punishes the wicked. We just saw in Exodus that he punished the Pharaoh and the uh, Egyptian warriors that came out against his people. He punished them because he is a just God. Yes, he is very forgiving, but he is also just. I mean, imagine if a judge constantly just let criminals go saying like, oh, you know, they said they're sorry, they need to be forgiven and they can just go. It would be so crime ridden all the time. <laughs> criminals wouldn't change. You know, they would ask for forgiveness and the judge would forgive them and then they'd go off and do what, who knows what, right? So there has to be a system of justice in place in our country and God feels the same way towards us. So that is why Jesus had to come in the first place, because he is God and he is able to forgive sins. But it actually says in Hebrew that without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sins. So Jesus does, in fact, have to die. But in the case of this paralytic man here in verse five, where it says that God, or I'm sorry, Jesus forgave the man of his sins. Jesus is able to do that because Jesus transcends time. So Jesus knew he was going to go to the cross to pay for this man's sins. So at that moment, Jesus was taking those sins of this paralytic man on himself for the cross later on. So Jesus not only took this man's sin upon himself, he also paid for the consequences of this man's sin as well as all of ours. Remember that the consequence of sin is death or the payment of sin is death. So Jesus not only forgave us of our sins on the cross, but he also took the consequences of of our sin, which is that death, and paid it for us. And when you think about it that way, it's just so insanely 
loving that God the Father sent his son to do this and that Jesus willingly came down to do this and obeyed uh, God the Father in order to uh, protect us in that way so that we do not die in our sins. It's just very, very, very beautiful and very fascinating. But of course, Jesus forgives this man's sins and he is the only person able to do this because he is the one who is going to go to the cross. He knows he is going to go to the cross. And that is why he says to this paralytic man in verse five, son, your sins are forgiven you because he knows he is going to pay for this man's sins. And it's just so beautiful when you think about it that way. So let's go ahead and talk a little bit more about this. So basically in verses one and two, Jesus comes back to Capernaum. And we don't know where he was staying. Maybe he was staying with his his mom in their house. Maybe he was with Peter. I don't know. But he was in Capernaum and he was home. And so um, he was staying in this house. And it says that so many people just flocked to him. The house was so filled with people that another person couldn't even enter through the door because the door was crowded. There are probably people standing all outside the house and uh, watching Jesus, you know, listening to what Jesus was saying. And it specifically mentions here that Jesus was, in fact, preaching to them and spreading the good news to them. So Jesus's prime goal was not to heal people when he came to earth, but rather to forgive people of their sins and to take those consequences on himself. And he embodies that right here with this paralytic man, because when this man is brought to him and they basically tear off the roof of the house because uh, houses were made very differently back then, and they were able to basically dig a hole through the roof of that house and lower this uh, man to Jesus's feet, right in front of Jesus, they lowered this man. And you can imagine their faith had to have been very great because it would have been really, really hard for them to lift that guy back up through the roof. So you can imagine that their faith was great because they knew Jesus was going to heal this man and have him walk out the door. And so um, otherwise that man would have been stuck down there on the stretcher and they would have had to figure out how to get him out of there. But Jesus embodies right here, the purpose of his visit to earth, where he says to the paralytic man in verse five, he says, seeing their faith, he says to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. So this this man on the stretcher must have been very faithful and knowing that he needed that forgiveness of sins. But Jesus gets down to the core issue here. He says, your sins are forgiven you. So whatever this man's sins were, and we don't know, we we only know what Jesus said, this man must have known that he needed forgiveness from his sins. He must have known because the other time when Jesus says that um, the woman's sins is is forgiven her later on, uh, that woman was crying and needed that forgiveness of sins. So it, it's possible it was the same thing with this paralytic man. He knew he needed this forgiveness of sins. And Jesus saw his faith in that and said, your sins are, are forgiven you. Your sins are forgiven. And so uh, the Pharisees get all mad and they hear this and they're like, uh, this guy's speaking blasphemies. He's not God. How can he forgive sins? And, and so Jesus looks at the Pharisees even though they're saying this to themselves, you know, they're not verbalizing this at all. And he says to them, Jesus says, why are you saying this even to yourselves? He's like, I'm going to show you right now that I have the power to forgive sins. And he says to the paralytic man, 
Arise, take up your mat, and walk. And so this is where Jesus is proving that he is God with a very, um, with a very visual sign to these Pharisees. He is giving them a sign like, look, I have the power of the Holy Spirit. I am God. And so he is showing the Pharisees and testifying to them that he is, in fact, God here. And obviously the paralytic man walks away with his mat. <laughs> rolls it up and just walks out of the house and uh it, it's just kind of funny but um so then it says that the people were looking at this and they were like oh my gosh and it says that they worshiped god they were glorifying god and they are saying to themselves we've never seen anything like this so the people in this house were moved by this they understood at that time that god was with them and they were glorifying God, but it doesn't say that the Pharisees were glorifying God. In fact, the Pharisees were probably just doing the same old thing they were always doing, which was doubting <laughs> and trying to make trouble for Jesus. So the Pharisees probably didn't believe when they saw this very visual sign of Jesus being God, but the people who were in that house and around that house were glorifying God when they saw this because they knew that this was an act of God and they believed in Jesus, possibly, maybe not all of them, but maybe many of them at that time believed in Jesus, that he, in fact, was God coming down to earth or the Messiah. So um, it says that they were all amazed. But basically, going back to the one thing I said, Jesus got down to the core issue of why he came. He didn't come to heal, but he came to forgive people of their sins. He came to take that consequences of those sins upon himself. And uh, he came to give freedom to these people, freedom from that sin. But friends, this was Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And on Thursday, we'll talk about another portion of Mark chapter 2. And um, actually, we'll probably, well, we won't finish out the chapter, but we'll get close to finishing out the chapter on Thursday. So join me then at 6 a.m., but also join me tomorrow at 6 a.m. for an episode out of uh, Exodus. And I will be having a guest speaker on tomorrow, and her name is Erica Wiggenhorn. And she is a really cool author that just wrote a book about Moses, actually. So she's coming on the podcast tomorrow. Tomorrow, and she's going to talk a little bit about um, Moses and some of the things that Moses was enduring with the Israelite people. So definitely join in tomorrow at 6 a.m. or whenever you decide to wake up and uh, to listen to a really cool episode with myself and with Erica Wiggenhorn. But friends and faithful listeners, thank you so much for tuning in this morning. Happy listening and God bless.